Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, hello there, and welcome to the NXT TakeOver In Your House post-show. I'll mess it up straight off the bat. Right here on Fightful.com. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp, who is going to be handling all the Triple H media scrum stuff that you want and you need and that you thrive on as it comes to news and wrestling-related stuff when you... Join us at Fightful.com for all your wrestling news. That's where you get all the great stuff. Got a bunch of great articles, fantastic interviews, whole bunch of them that Sean has done recently. And then on top of that, if you want even more of all the great, great stuff that you get over on Fightful, well, then you can head on over to Fightful Select. And that's actually the best way to support us. If you subscribe to Fightful Select, not only are you helping out the entire team, uh, bring this, all the content, all the reviews, the podcasts, the writing, everything. But then you also get in return a whole bunch of extra content on top of that. You get Sean who does a weekly backstage report. He also does a ton of Q&A shows. You have uh, Steven Jensen who covers non-WWE affairs as well on a weekly basis. You get uh, extra stuff from the list in your boy. And, and, if that wasn't enough, if you're not yet satiated, folks... Well, then let the sourness of Alex Pulowski, who does sour graps twice a week, sometimes a little more if he's feeling physical, let that satiate you. Let that fill you up completely and make you say, "Mm, life sure is good when you have a sour perspective on things. And it just so happens Alex Pulowski is with me this evening to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. Alex, how are you? Yes, yes. Let my sourness fill the void inside you. Um, I, I, I can't get over how giant my head is in this video. Like it's a, it's a giant floating head of well, of Alex Pulowski, and I, I'm just gonna be doing this for most of the evening. See what happens. Well, you see, I, I, we were talking about this before coming on, on the air, and Alex, recently you trimmed your beard, so yeah. I, I think it's just you, you know, you're just. Uh, uh, creating uh, right. creating a, a, an illusion that you there have was, a larger there head. There was so much more negative space that was filled by my the bushiness of my beard, but I trimmed all that away, so it's not nearly as bushy. Not definitely not nearly as bushy for sure. Uh, and if you want to, uh, if you want during the show, folks, of course, per usual, you can leave us a super chat, and I will read your question and or comment on the air. Sometimes I'll, yeah, if they're relevant to a match, I'll hang on to them a little later. But we will get to everyone. 
And we can start off with uh, with Anakin JMT, who leaves us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. He says, crowd tonight was great. Love them singing Johnny Sucks to Darth Vader's theme and Gargano Sucks to Cena's theme, which I thought was really funny. And they really elevated the main event. Um, I don't know what you thought about the audience tonight, Alex. I, we've talked about it uh, often on the uh, on the Wednesday night uh, podcast that you and I do as well every Wednesday. Yes, night. Uh, we we talk about it. Uh, we talked about it how the uh, um, the NXT audience all feels a little more like a little more plastic, a little more directed. It, to me, it felt a little more organic tonight. Felt like the reactions were a little more natural. I don't know, but I agree. I, I feel tonight they did add a little more. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, they're starting to get better. I think that NXT's always uh, better than Raw or SmackDown because uh, the, with the audience because they know the people in the ring really well. They train with them. They're friends with them. It's almost kind of a rib, some of the chants that they come up with. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt somebody's, somebody figured out the, the Johnny Sucks and the, and the Gargano Sucks thing to do just to kind of like get under Gargano's skin, not as like... Oh, we're fans going into business for ourselves, but like, hey, Johnny will get a kick out of this. I think it's funny. Let's see if we can make him break. That kind of thing, you know, like that would be. That's different, and that's a lot better. It's a lot better than something we'll talk about with a, with another match where it really felt like they were directed to do a certain chant mm-hmm. at a certain time, and it felt entirely disingenuous and ruined the whole thing. It felt like it was somebody like picking out their own nickname, like when George Costanza decided he wanted to be T Bone. Like, no, you don't get to call yourself T-Bone. That doesn't make any sense. You don't get to come up with your own chant. Either it comes organically out of an actual crowd, or you don't get to come up with chants. Um, J.K. Schwal left us uh, another super chat. Thank you very much. He says, odds they make the audience clean up the streamers and confetti before letting them come home tonight. Alex, I think the odds of that are <laughs> they're pretty high. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I think, I, I, I don't know how, how many, how many, uh, essential janitors the pc employs uh but you know i mean these 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 kids you know it's part of their uh, their work study program i think cleaning up all the trash <laughs> when the big kids make a mess yeah pretty much uh, it's like you have a bunch of old pairs around the uh, yeah. in the audience everywhere liam moore's uh, left us a super chat as well it says stars of the show were cross and eo for me yeah i mean we'll get into that let's yeah. we let's start talking about the show Alex, the thing that everyone wanted, they wanted to get some proper throwbacks to the uh, to the in your house era. We wanted to feel that '90s vibe back, and uh, and they did it without going overboard. I thought they, it was it was the 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 uh, they did quite uh, they, they did enough at least for me. Um, they uh, of course they 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 brought out a a revamped set. wasn't exactly the the exact same set, but. You got the house. You got the whole field there. They had Todd Pettengill uh, being there as well. They did an homage to the old intro, which was cool as well. Uh, and all throughout uh, the the pay per view, we had some commercials for the the Good Humor ice cream bars. Not exactly the same. Not exactly the same, but still, you you got the gist of it. You had Adam Cole doing an Ico Pro commercial. You know, you gotta was, want it. You gotta my want favorite. it. Adam Cole as Bret Hart was just perfect. <laughs> and Tom Pettengill was stunned that 900 numbers are a thing of the past. I love the idea that they, 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 you know, they got Todd Pettengill. They pulled him out of the, of the warehouse, you know, where they kept the SmackDown fist and, uh, you know, and they just, he's pulled just, him out. 
And he's he just standing like, there behind glass, like somebody's like he's from the Hall of Presidents. Like I, <laughs> I really wish though that he had worn a mullet wig, like and then halfway through been like, guys, I can't. This itches like hell, and like we would have, we would never would have known. I, I absolutely believe that Todd Pettengill is the kind of guy who still wears his hair like he did in 1995. <laughs> there, those guys are out there. My dad is friends with a lot of them. Like those, those people exist. I figured Todd Pettengill would be one of those guys. Uh, so I was kind of uh, disappointed we didn't get the mullet, but everything else was was very was very very good. I really appreciated all of the throwback stuff. I thought it was it was the perfect amount. Right. It wasn't too much. Wasn't too right. cheesy. Uh, didn't get annoying. It was it was good. Just like opening up the the uh, the pay per view with Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim defeating Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez was a good choice. It was a solid opener. Raquel was a dominant off the bat. She was just completely in control. Uh, we even have Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai have an, having another great exchange. I don't think it is possible for these two to have uh, a wrestling match where they will suck. Um, uh, against each other is what I mean. Uh, then there's a series of dives to the outside with, that ends with Knox doing a molly go round off the top rope to the floor. Uh, Mia Yim does a butterfly suplex on Candice LeRae. Uh, I really loved Alex. I'm gonna underscore this. I really love how they uh, how they booked the former Reina Gonzalez here this evening. She looked she uh, she looked like a combination of. Sonia Deville and China. Uh, she she looked strong, dominant throughout. Um, that was my my main takeaway. Like a, with the first part of, or at least the majority of the match. I don't know what you think. Did anything else stand out for you? No, I I was watching and it was all very solid work. Like Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox are really great in the ring together. Um, much like uh, with um, with Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose on SmackDown, I I thought. For a week, we might get them away from each other. But no, it feels like they're, we're destined to do this forever because they yeah. have no other ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Tegan and Dakota, as good as they are, uh, could find other things to do. I, I don't know that they will. I think it, it looks like they're really trying to pair off Tegan and Shotzi versus uh, Dakota and, and Raquel. I think that's fine, particularly now that you have, in theory, women's tag champs who want to bring the belts to NXT to defend them. Now you've got two uh, decent teams ready there to go on. I think that um, it was an interesting call to get Candice out of out of the, not be a part of the finish in any way because they don't want her. I, I felt like Candice was the one who needed to have enough, as much momentum as possible coming out of this match. She wasn't, she didn't figure into it at all. Like she, she, she was in the match obviously, but she didn't, figure into like what I felt like was the last five minutes of the match. She wasn't really a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, good. The, the, the baby base is one. That's fine. This, but it, all of it felt like a match that happens at the top of the second hour of a Wednesday NXT. And that, that, that doesn't help. Like takeovers used to feel like events. Like you'd go in going, man, every match on this card is going to kick ass. And then every match of the card doubles, triples, quadruples your even high expectations of it. And I went thinking, like, oh, some of these matches are going to be pretty good. And they were all pretty good. And that's it. And that, that doesn't, that's not what takeovers are to me. And that's, that was disappointing. Like, it, this was, to me, and again, 
I mean, obviously you grade these things on a curve. This felt like the worst takeover. And I mean, that's not, that's not really saying much because they're all outstanding. So it wasn't like it was a bad show. It was just like, there was an amazing match to end the show and a really fun squash and everything else kind of, kind of felt like I didn't know what I was watching. It didn't, didn't really oomph, didn't well, give me that goose that I wanted. Okay. Well, that's interesting. But to finish, uh, to finish up at least this part of the match here, yeah. me, me, uh, or of the card, excuse me, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae, they fight to the outside. They don't, they disappear for the rest of the match, which leads to some miscommunication between Kai and Gonzalez, where Gonzalez eats a kick to the face. She gets drop drop kick to the floor and Knox hits the shiniest wizard to end the match. I'm surprised, just before we move into the other match, I'm surprised that Candice LeRae didn't have a solid victory here for her team, Alex. I'm really surprised that she was taken away. She is in the midst of a push. She she is the center of attention right now with the Gargano stuff. Um, I thought this was an odd decision to move her out of the match and not have her come out on top, I kind of felt like she would have uh, benefited from it. Yeah. Um, I, I think so, too. Uh, I think that if, if, that by removing her from the match, then you have a license to give Tegan Knox a victory. Also, over Dakota Kai, they made sure to mention that, that it was a, uh, that was a major part. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, think, I, I, I do think that Candice, especially now, no spoilers... Now that we know what happened to who's the new women's champ, um, Candace needs to figure very soon in that title picture. Like there's, there's so much history there. So her being like waylaid with a Mia Yim feud for a month and a half doesn't, that's not what I want. I I want, I want strap a rock, strap a heel shaped rocket to, to the, to the poison pixie and let her fly. Finn Balor defeated Damian Priest in a match that I thought ruled. Uh, Finn at- attacks Damian Priest before the, the bell uh, hits with some drop kicks. There is a lot, a lot of high impact moves throughout this match. Some huge strikes. These guys laid into each other. There was a, a, a half Nelson crossface like, uh, you know, Sean even tweeted out. You know, that he saw the Corbin special during this match. <laughs> like, and, I, and I myself was like, what's going on? But boy, I t- it didn't taint anything in my enjoyment of this match. I, there was even, there was a jumping flatliner that Damian Priest ha- ha- hit. I loved how, uh, how when Balor would counter out of stuff, he'd just go right into the counter. There wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to counter. Oh, I'm going to, no, he'd just like slide right into it. Like when he he blocked a, a a suplex into one of his own, it was like boom boom. Balor stumps on Priest uh, uh, on the outside uh, against the barricade. Very 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 physical match. Priest hits the broken arrow, but Balor does a double leg take da- takedown and a double stomp. Priest hit, uh, uh, then eats a sling blade, but then Finn runs into a pair of really good roundhouse kicks. And a pair of them. That was awesome. Uh, Balor wriggles out of a razor's edge attempt on the apron uh, to the steel stairs, which was one of the big spots of uh, early on in the night. But instead, Balor strikes Priest off of the apron and he lands back first onto those steps. And that was a 
gnarly bump. And it takes two coup de grasses to get the job done. I like this match a lot. It calls out to me. It Because it was a good, clean match. The spots mattered. There were no crazy shenanigans. We got ourselves a clean winner here, Alex. What are your thoughts? Well, um, my thoughts were, like, as I predicted, not predicted, but talked about when we were talking about this match on Wednesday, this is a tough one for me going into it and coming out of it because Finn can't lose momentum. you got to keep this guy really, really hot. He's been so hot since he came back to NXT. There's a, there's a Walter of, of, excuse me, a Walter in all caps feud waiting for him whenever the travel restrictions are lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, he can't be losing to, um, to Damian Priest. And they, all Damian Priest does is pick fights and lose them. Like, at this point, I cannot take him seriously anymore. And that's not good because he's great. Mm-hmm. He proved in this match he's great, but he loses every big... Yeah. He's like, Keith Lee, I want to fight with you. And Keith Lee beats him. Keith Lee, I want a rematch. And Keith Lee beats him. That's after he was like, Donovan Dijak, I want a fight with you. And Donovan Dijak beats him. Like... I don't, I don't know. He's got to pick on somebody he could beat <laughs> like, cause this isn't working and it doesn't, it does not, it does not help his aura within the thing. No, that's also, sure. it does. It did not help my feelings for the match that he decided to, to come out wearing something from the Rhea Ripley collection that was directly. I think those were actually her tights that she wore at WrestleMania. Like they're, they're roughly the same size. I think Rhea Ripley and, and uh, Damian Priest, they, they probably just sh- share a closet. Um, it was it was odd. Like usually he's in the like the the like the test memorial all black pleather bell bottoms, and this look threw me for a loop. I was wondering who I was watching for a second, and and yeah, it was it was a good match. There's nothing wrong with the match, but it I, I don't know. It was a good match. It was a really good match. I don't know where you can put. Damian Priest now mm-hmm. that he's not is that he's going to feel like a threat, and Finn Balor just feels like this is a, a pit stop for him on his way to something they wanted to do with him before the world world went to hell. Sure, like so this match feels like it was a match that probably never would have happened in any way unless everything else fell apart, and so it didn't actually have any anything behind it like the whole punishment Martinez, excuse me. I keep wanting to call him that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Damian Priest, like, hit Finn Balor over the head with some let's with like a, a nightstick in in the locker room one time a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and now they're having a match about it. Like it doesn't. Ah, there's no. There was no. There was no. Again, there was no. I didn't get a goose from it. I wanted a goose. See, the this is the like this is one of these situations where. You know, where you end up, if you were booking a professional wrestling outfit, I, you know, this is probably one of these decisions that is kind of hard to make. And where you where you always end up with, well, there's one guy who has to win, but one guy, there's one guy who has to win, one guy has to lose, and one guy we're going to put, we're going to put some stock behind because we have this coming up for him. We don't know exactly what's in store for Finn Balor. We don't know exactly what's in store for Damian Priest. I'm completely with you. I... You know, on one hand, I was glad that they finally broke up the uh, the love triangle between Lee, Dijak, and, and Priest. That made me really happy. But 
as you said, he has been, he being Damian Priest, has been unable to win any any big match. So I get it that on one end, you want Finn Balor to get a, a good win out of a big competitor who's, I mean, like I said, I dug this match and I didn't expect anything less from either of these guys. You want him to get a big win, but then again, did it have to be Damian Priest, you know, that who... Clearly, they do put some stock in him because they gave him an entrance and uh, they give him some vignettes. It's not, he's not like, uh, uh, he's not an up-and-coming PC recruit. This is a guy that they believe in. They know they can do something with him. And at some point, well, WWE likes to tell us wins and losses don't matter. But in the long run, for the audience, uh, they do. And that leads us into a super chat from our, our friend Rob Wilkins. How you doing, Rob? Thank you for the super chat. Says, do you go with... Balor versus Cole feud now, or Balor versus Cross? I want to hear your thoughts on this, Alex. Again, this is another one. Like Balor versus Cole would be interesting, very interesting. I'd, I'd be down with that. I could absolutely see Balor trying to reclaim his title from Cole. But m- my question is, do you have plans to put the title on Balor when starting that feud? If you don't, no, you don't do that because then it's it just it's it's going to wind up being like okay. How can we get the UE involved so that we we protect Balor, but Cole keeps his title, and I don't need another one of those feuds? Um, uh, and it, it, Cross, you got to keep Balor away from Cross, right? I mean, like for now, Cross, especially Cross after is, tonight. <laughs> yeah, Cross is just—he's a complete—he's a murder machine. Mm-hmm. You don't—you don't, you don't want to keep anybody that you have any plans for. You want to put that person with Cross? That no, 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 no. So yeah, I honestly I don't I don't I NXT is chock chock a block full of people that I honestly don't know what you do with them. Dream after tonight, I don't know what you do with them. Mm-hmm. Cross, Champa, uh, Gargano, like all these people are like really like I guess that's your job NXT. Figure <laughs> out who you're how you're gonna book this stuff because there doesn't seem to be a path for anybody. Like usually sometimes you'll see in the takeover where like somebody will cause an interference and you go, Oh, well there, there you go. There's your next pairing. That's the feud that's going to lead out, come out of this. We didn't do any of that. So uh, honestly, there's just a lot of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's uh, read a couple of super chats here. Frank Aguilera says, uh, who leaves a super chat. Maybe that's why I'm reading. Thank you very much. I've been following fightful since day one and hands down. You two are my favorite co-hosts. Have a good show. P.S. I can't believe Rhea took the fall again. Thank you very much, Frank. That's very appreciated. Yeah. We'll be getting to, to the Rhea situation, uh, very, very shortly. Evan Wright leaves us a super chat as well. The, here for the Venus update. My God, I don't know what's happened to Venus. I really don't. I mean, Warren, there yes. can't be that many people in your area who are named Venus. No, there can't have, be. Have you tried a Google search? I'm just wondering if there's like, you know, you find out that Venus and then you figure out whatever his last name is, just got, you know, um, won a all expenses paid trip around the world. And that's why you haven't seen him yet. I mean, I don't know. Probably the, not during a pandemic. You know, there's 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 a lot of theories out there and uh, a lot of them scare me. A lot of fright and a lot of them frighten me. So 
I don't want to get. You don't want to see. You don't want to see a, a name in the obituaries like no. Venus McDonald died <laughs> terribly while while delivering for Uber Eats in a terrible car wreck. You don't want to see that. You you you'd rather not know if that was the case. Especially if it's prefaced, he died. He he died doing what he loved, and I'm like, ooh. Um, <laughs> Hannah Moore said about uh, talking about Damien Priest. Left a super chat. She says he wore the Lisa left eye Lopez pants from the No Scrubs video. Yes, he did. There you go. There you go. Anakin left us a super chat saying, uh, uh, leaving an official donation to the Get Hannah Moore a Date with Balor Fund. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. There we go. So, uh, and uh, Rob Wilkins says Priest needs a face turn. I don't know how much of a I don't know how much of a of a heel he really is. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's very much on that tweenish side. I mean, yeah, he attacked Keith Lee with a nightstick, but I don't know. What do you all think, we, Alex? All we know about him is that uh, he's into archery. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's a that's a perfectly maybe he's training for the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he wants to live forever. And who amongst us, really? I mean, I feel like that's very relatable. Everyone, you know, would want to, to, to be able to, to leave a legacy. That's fine. Great. Um, it, that reminds me of a thing that from Balor that I realized what, what was irking me about this so much is uh, way back in the days of NXT Florida house shows, um, Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest teamed up. They were a tag team in some match against somebody. And I was like, Ooh, that's a duo. Mm-hmm. I would love to see those two guys working together. What a great diesel uh, Damian Priest would be for Finn Balor. Like, that would be so cool. Those guys coming out in leather and sunglasses. It'd be it's old school vibes. And I and so now I kind of want them to be friends. Is it possible they could be friends after tonight? <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't mind that. That's something you could do with, with Damian Priest. I wouldn't mind. JJ Lee left us a super chat as well. Thank you, JJ. Says not every takeover has to be the best. They didn't start that way. They grew into that. I'm okay with some being good, not great. They always entertain. Yeah, I agree. You know, they they're victim of their own success at some point. Evan Wright left us another super chat and says, Perplexiglass, which it was it was an exact quote from Mauro Maronalo tonight, which made me chuckle. Uh, let's talk about the next match then, uh, where Keith Lee defended, successfully defended the NXT North American title against Johnny Gargano. Gargano actually walks out of the In Your House house where there's a picture of Doc Hendricks up there next to the door as you're coming out. And he locks the door and puts the key in his trunks. Seems innocuous, but Lee, uh, Keith Lee in, uh, as far as he goes, he comes out uh, wearing Black Lives Matter trunks. And, you know, Alex, I, just as an aside here, knowing WWE's capacity to ignore the outside world, I I was impressed that this got through uh, and then was put on television. <laughs> yes. Um, I was also impressed that they decided to uh, have him go over, spoiler alert, uh, because, you know... There's, there's like, hey, read the room, guys. You know, or in this case, read the whole world. 
They're usually <laughs> not great at that, at realizing what the moment is and maybe booking accordingly. But anyway, um, no, I, I thought that was a really great touch. And um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gargano tries to go toe-to-toe with, with Lee, uh, but Lee's like, what are you doing, little man? He has one of these. Yeah, you're, you're cute. You're trying, kid. Good job. Uh, I, I, I like their, their interaction at first. There's some flying moves from Gargano uh, that he tries to pull off from the apron onto Lee, who's on the floor, but Lee's just blocking everything. It's just not working out. Gargano then, at some point, tries to escape the, um, tries to escape the match, tries to go through the house, there you go. You're shaking your head perfect because I wanted to throw to you. So it, this is working out fine. God, I, I'm start. I know you so well, Alex Pulowski. Yeah, yeah, I true. really do. He tries to escape to go by going through the the door to the house, uh, but he can't get it open. Um, despite the fact that we clearly saw him put the the keys in his trunks. Alex, talk me through this. Uh, talk me through this plot hole here. I. I don't know. Like the whole point was that what I loved about the blinding angle with the keys from Wednesday was that it seemed to be kind of a happy accident. Like they forced Johnny to wrestle a match, not in his gear, in his street clothes. And he had his car keys in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And so he was panicking. He pulled out his car keys. He blinded Keith Lee because, you know, otherwise he was going to get spirit bombed through the floor. In this case, he comes out through the door, locks the door behind him, and then very obviously opens up his, his trunks and drops the key in so we all see him do it, so we know the key is going to be used later. Like, we, otherwise you don't do that move. So it's like Chekhov's uh, house key. You know, like, if sure. you introduce, introduce the house key in the first act, it's got to be used by the third act, and it did f- figure into the finish, but if they were going to do that for the finish and Johnny was going to remember by the finish that he had the car key or the house key in his pants, why didn't he remember he had it in his trunks when he went up to the door? And also, like, was that was it was the whole deal for that so they could get, like, the, the doorbell camera to work? Like, I guess. That was, like, that whole shot was just for the doorbell camera, I guess. I guess. And the way I was thinking is, like, look, if you can't get the door open and you really want to leave... There's the garage. Yes, that's true. That's it's, open right there. Keith Lee came through the garage. It's it's also, it's a flat set, so you can just kind of walk around it. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. You know? We, yeah, we were just invested in the moment. We were giving, yeah, yeah we were giving the set, the, the, the set builders their props here. We were living yeah. through it. We were fully immersed, Alex. That's what we yeah. were. Yeah. Um, but uh, throughout the match, uh, Johnny Gargano works, uh, works the hand, one of uh, Keith Lee's hands. Uh, also uh, gouges him in the in the eye. Um, I, li- I really like the spot where Gargano gets a flying armbar in. Uh, Lee actually curls Gargano to try and slam him, but then Gargano uses finger man- manipulation to have him lower, but then eventually, of course, Keith Lee slams him to the mat. Uh, they do a spot where, uh, on the outside, where uh, Lee pounces uh, Johnny Gargano through the plexiglass, I know a lot of people like the spot. I thought it was, it felt a little contrived to me, but yeah, you know, it worked. Yeah. Candice and uh, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim come out. They brawl with each other, distracts the ref, which allows Johnny Gargano to use the key into Lee's eye again. Hits the sling, slingshot DDT, but it's not enough to put Lee away. Neither are a series of super kicks to the head. It's a pair of spirit bombs and the Big Bang catastrophe, catastrophe that does the job. Um, I got to tell you, Alex. 
Yeah. You know, maybe not my favorite match of the night. It was fine. Strong, you know, well done. Nothing, far cry from a bad match. But I will yeah. give WWE this in this circumstance. Usually your smaller guys in in WWE booking are the underdogs and fight from beneath. They're the, they're the mm-hmm. baby faces, right? Here we had the tables were turned. The huge big guy is the heel. The smaller guys, uh, excuse me, the big guy is the baby face. The smaller guy is the heel. And Gargano couldn't do like the fight from beneath the uh, underdog uh, coming. Uh, there was something very different in the way this match was presented. There was a, a, a level of unpredictability to it, um, which, uh, which I, which I liked, you know, Gargano adapted his offense, tried to be sneaky because he knew he couldn't beat uh, Lee one-on-one would have been an entirely different match. If Lee had been the, the heel and Gargano, the baby face, Alex entirely uh, also would have been different if, if Lee wasn't like, you know, Oh, he's got a lacerated cornea. (laughs) And look at all of his bruised fingers. Um, Like they had, like, well, couldn't, he couldn't be, it couldn't just be that he's blind in one eye. Also, he can't grip anything with his left hand. Like they're like, oh, he's got a trick knee. Ah, and he stepped on a Lego this morning. Oh, no. He had, he had some bad fish last night. Ah, Keith Lee, he's just, everything's wrong with Keith Lee. How could he possibly... And the thing is, that's fine if you're going to do that and then take the title off him because then he's got a built-in excuse. Mm-hmm. But now, Johnny Gargano couldn't beat him when he was blind in one eye and couldn't grip shit with his left hand. So how is Johnny Gargano ever going to beat him? Uh, I, 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 I guess hopefully that means Johnny Gargano is not fighting Keith Lee anymore, but you and I both know they'll probably have a match on Wednesday. So like, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird deal with this is that when I say, I don't know where they go with Johnny Gargano, like this was his best shot. Mm-hmm. When I was joking, like, Oh, he, you know, he had some bad fish. Like what's, what's the thing that's going to be wrong with, with, with Keith Lee eventually when Johnny Gargano does beat him for the North American title, if he ever does. And if he doesn't, then you're just wasting Johnny Gargano's time. Give him, have him do something else. Like it, it doesn't like Johnny Gargano is the guy you put in a, in a, in a title feud to eventually put the title on him. He's not like a, a placeholder, at least for me. In NXT, Johnny Gargano has risen to that level. Yeah. Like, either either you're telling a story about how he comes close and doesn't quite get there, and because of that, he turns heel, like what, what we did with with uh, with Cole and then Ciampa and then and then uh, Finn Balor. Like, you, you have that story. Now he's fully heel. Now I don't know what you're doing if he's, if he's able to, like, almost break Keith Lee's hand, scratch out his eye and still can't beat him. Then what are you doing with Johnny Gargano? That's my, that's my problem with his match. Again, match was really well wrestled. A lot of fun. I I really dug the finish. All the stuff was really good. And yet I'm still at a loss for where they're taking these characters. Sure. I'm also petrified that some of my faves are going to get called up to SmackDown and Raw and go the Bianca Belair route where they won't even put her on TV for a month. I'm petrified that all of these great people are are being put in a where do they go from here situation in NXT because they're not going anywhere in NXT. They're going to be brought up and over and then forgotten about. Remember, folks, if you want to leave us a super chat, I will read your question or comment on the air. And I know there's a couple, there's a couple that are out there. They're coming up as we're getting there. I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten. 
Adam Cole uh, successfully defended the NXT Championship in a backlog brawl versus the Velveteen Dream. Um, I gotta tell you, straight off the bat, Alex, I I liked the the vibe of the match. I liked yes. uh, I liked the 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 cars, the circle of cars, the ring in the middle, the way it was lighted. Adam Cole arriving in a jacked pickup truck. I don't know if a jacked pickup truck is very undisputed era-ish, but okay, okay. It did come into play. Like, they did use it. So I, yeah. I, can, I can get behind that. Velveteen Dream arrives in a yellow Lamborghini. I as well thought he was going to arrive in a, in a little red Corvette, but hey, you know. Um, the uh, with the smoke and everything comes out dressed out as Negan, and then I thought, you know, very missed opportunity to not have Adam Cole come out as Rick Grimes because Adam Cole would have been a fantastic Rick Grimes. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I I, 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 I don't think Adam Cole's vibe is cosplay. You but know what I mean. Uh, but Go think off. about it. No, but think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. Comes out with the hat and the the little sheriff's outfit. Well, he would have pulled it I'm, off perfectly. I'm, picturing it and i'm not saying he wouldn't look good in it but i'm just saying i don't think that's his steez no i know for sure um but i really liked how everything was set up alex uh then the match starts and my god the camera work literally made me nauseous i yeah. just like your thoughts on the first few minutes of the match oh jesus like full sale is a, an actual university right they have a have a film school yes i think so per- perhaps perhaps you could find a freshman who is taking his first class in in how to direct a film, and that person would be a much better at this shit than anybody who was actually making this match supposedly look good. It was impossible to follow. Mm-hmm. The lights, like, were, I, like I'm just watching. Like, I can't watch it. Watch it. I have to be like, kind of listen to it and glance to see if I missed a spot because otherwise I'm gonna like go into seizures, like in that episode of The Simpsons. Good lord! Yeah, yeah. No, it was it, it for me. It completely, it completely took me out of the match. Like it, it at first, I was like, I can't, I can't watch it. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to do the shaky cam, camera verite thing. You know, it's like, oh, we're on the ground, boots on the ground, and we're in this, and it's gritty. It, since the camera's moving around, it's very gritty. But you add the gritty shakiness with, uh, uh, um, um, uh, sorry, uh, done. Um, the producer, Kevin. Kevin Dunn, yes, with Kevin Dunn style editing. My God, it was a recipe for disaster. It really, really threw me off at the first. At first, referee told us that anything goes, but the match has to end in the ring. Um, they f- quickly spill outside to the ring. Gold, uh, Go Indy now left us a super chat. Thank you very much, by the way. Saying WWE wins best use of an Uber for 2020, though. Do, do they? <laughs> They win most confusing, lame-ass joke using an Uber. That's definitely, they win that. I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm just going to throw this out here. I don't know if anyone in WWE has ever used a Uber, but no one, for all the Ubers I've used, I've never had an Uber driver pull up and say, anyone called an Uber? Because he has my face. He can see me on his app, right? (laughs) Did anybody call for an Uber? Yeah. Yes, we all called for an Uber. All of us, Christine. We all called you for an Uber. All of us. We're all going to pile in. We hope you don't mind if we all share. We're all going to squeeze in and back, right? That's cool with you? 
whatever. That was that was so cringy. It was like something they would have come up with as a as a comedy gag for the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits on Monday. Oh God. Why'd you have to bring that up? I was in a good mood. Uh, there's a fire extinguisher <laughs> spot while uh, Dream is looking for Adam Cole. Um, and um, and then eventually the uh, the lads, the Undisputed Era, arrive to help Adam Cole out. Uh, bump of the night happened here, though. Dream rushes up, rushes up a ladder where Cole was already climbing up on. And uh, he pushes Cole off the ladder through the windshield of a car. And, well, uh, and your boy is bleeding hard onto the windshield of a car and he wasn't bleeding hard way yes he was that was absolutely added bleeding hard way they stopped the match and then they come on with a little bit of fake blood and they put it on his elbow and he's acting as though he's just he's got like a compound fracture with the bones the skin ah god it was bad my god (laughs) they start tossing chairs into the ring they being uh fish and roderick strong they start tossing all sorts of chairs into the ring uh, and they go for one one more chair that's halfway under the ring. It slides under the ring, like, huh? Because of Dexter Loomis, who was just under the ring trying to sketch nice and quiet. And there's all this ruckus going on around him. He comes out and uh, stops the Undisputed Era into the trunk and drives off. Alex, I think from this point on, we can safely say that Roderick Strong and, and uh, Bobby Fish will never be heard or seen of again. I, God, I I hope. I hope I, I like. Listen, the main roster is full of like people who got kidnapped, and we never heard what happened, and they just showed up at the next episode like nothing. Like the, they, we have to have weird grainy footage from Dexter Loomis's basement of horrors, of of like <laughs> Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish tied up from their ankles from the rafters, swinging there with like one lone light bulb swinging in the background. If we don't do that, I'm sorry. This whole thing was for naught. Um, back in the ring, there's a Panama sunrise that's reversed into a Dream Valley driver. Purple Rainmaker happens through the chairs, but Adam Cole low blows Dream and hits the Panama sunrise onto the chairs, retains. Liam Moores leaves us a super chat and says, the crowd absolutely destroyed this match. Alex, I, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. No. I thought it was, I thought it was the low point of the evening. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, and I, I felt like it was—it's was, it was too bad be, in a lot of ways because, I, again, I felt like this was one of those things that had so much momentum, pre-COVID, like we were we were getting ready for like this Dream versus the UE feud that was all there ready for us, and then Dream got injured, and then when Dream came back, he was all ready to prime up, start up again, and then the the COVID happened, and then Dreams proclivities became known and then all everything fell apart so um this this thing really it was it's just too bad and the other thing was too bad that i don't know if you noticed this is that they did the the panama sunrise countered into the dream valley driver and malo Ronaldo just straight up called it a panama sunrise yeah and i don't know if they were doing commentary live over a taped match but if they were doing commentary taped and they didn't edit that out, that's a really crappy thing to have, for them to have done to, tomorrow. I like, agree. That was a big mistake, and they just left it in. It was weird. Well, that was the uh, backlog brawl. I didn't think it was much of it. Honestly, if Adam Cole had come out as Rick Grimes, it would have been a whole other match. No. I know you disagree with me, Alex, but you're dead wrong. You're walking dead wrong, Alex. 
Next, we're going to move. <laughs> we're going to move on to a match. Uh, we're going to move on to a match that we're probably going to have more to say about it than actual content in the match where Karrion no. Cross beat the living hell out of Tommaso Ciampa. This match was Karrion Cross no selling offense, throwing Ciampa around with Saito suplexes, Northern Light suplexes, Ciampa mounting a comeback, mm-hmm. and then eating dirt. An inverted F5 kind of situation and gets choked out. Alex Palowski, this la- this match lasted six minutes and 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. One of the two participants in this match is a former NXT champion, arguably yeah. one of the men who carried the promotion throughout 2018, 2019, right mm-hmm. up until his injury. Loses, loses six minutes and 16 seconds to Karrion Cross, who comes out looking like a monster, a million dollars. I yeah. want your thoughts. I mean, this is this is Tommaso Ciampa doing his job. Mm-hmm. His job is to make the monster. He made the monster tonight. And what I loved about it, it had just the right amount of Tommaso Ciampa offense. Like him trying stuff at the beginning, it not working. But the comeback was vicious and mm-hmm. fast and, and would have taken out any man except for Karrion Cross, And that's the story of this match, is that Ciampa wasn't going to go down as much as as Karrion Cross was throwing stuff at him, and eventually he made this comeback, was vicious, he, that running knee, his, the, it's the Widow's Bell, which is now Marawala calling it the Willow Bell, and I'm like, Willow well, Bell sounds na- like some... He named it after his daughter. Oh, great. Great. Will, the Willow's Bell. That's yes. better. Because it was Widow's Bell and they yep. changed it to Willow's Bell. Because I was thinking Willow Bell sounds like somebody who started a, a, a CW show in like 2004. <laughs> That's what Willow Bell sounds like to me. With B-E-L-L-E is her last yeah, name. Yeah, Willow yeah. Bell. Um, but <laughs> with one L. W-I-L-O-W B-E-L-L-E. Anyway, um, I, I thought it was all great and, and Cross wins and he should. That That crazy toss f5 thing where he doesn't go to the ground he just chucks just throws him around yep. way up in the air and had him spin around and dropped it that's great uh the, the, I, I could go for a different finish i feel like we have samoa joe and we have um oscar really with the oscar lock and we have um uh, shana baszler all of them have some version of mounting from behind with a choke with a choke. And like, that's how they win matches. And I feel like, I think this now is four. I think that's the maximum. Nobody else gets to have one of those. No more choking out. Somebody, somebody else gives it up because otherwise it just becomes a thing that everybody does. And it doesn't, it loses its luster. Like if he was the only guy doing it, that'd be great. Or a different kind. Like the one that Dexter Loomis does looks even freakier because of the way he does it staring off into space. But it's different. Mm-hmm. Like it's side mounted and everything. It doesn't look the same. It looks too much to me, like uh, like a uh, um, like a Kirifuda clutch or a you know Joe's rear naked choke. But um, I thought this was this was really excellent. It does what it's supposed to do. And again, now Champa. Where do we go with Champa? And where do you go with Killer Cross? Like who's the next guy for him to take out? 
because he's already taken out the daddy of NXT. I mm-hmm. don't know who's next for him to go after that. But Ciampa, again, was on a path to getting his title back from Adam Cole, a title he never lost. He had to relinquish because of injury. He battled back from that injury. He he he, he left as a dastardly heel. Everyone loves him now. We're willing to root for him. Is that the story they're going to tell after he loses so badly to Killer Cross, Karrion Cross? I don't know. Again, please don't like try and like. Oh well, there's nothing more for Tommaso Ciampa to do. We convinced him to take a take a pay bump, and now he's going to SmackDown. Please don't tell me that's happening. I can't I can't take any more of my faves going up and and losing. So I want to know where all this goes. But I really, really, really enjoyed this match. This is the thing for me. This takeover for me is is different than all the others because I don't have any real idea where the paths are branching out of it. Yeah. And and NXT on Wednesdays has been the worst it's been in years. Still good, but the stuff that we were getting before when Full Sail was still there and it was live and before when it was taped was the best wrestling show on television, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now it's just been good, so I don't have the same level of of confidence that oh, they know where they're going. They know what they're doing. Triple H and the boys, they know exactly what they have planned. I have confidence in these guys. I've been watching stuff on Wednesdays where I'm like, I don't, I honestly don't know what you got going on here, guys. Like, this does not seem like you have plan A to plan B to plan C planned out. It feels like you're throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, and I get enough of that on Mondays and Fridays. Cactus J22 left us a super chat asking, is this Sour Graps Live NXT TakeOver Edition? Well, I mean, it's 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 not. Because if you guys have actually watched me on doing the shows about Raw and SmackDown, I yeah. hate those shows. Yeah. I'm actually marginally positive, just a little scared of what's coming next. Yes, I, I agree. There's not enough veins popping out of his neck at this point for it to be an official Sour Graps. A uh, couple of Super Chats in relation to this match. Anakin JMT left us one. Thank you again. Says, Cross and Ciampa was great, but I wish they had gone all in with Cross beating Lesnar at SummerSlam uh, <laughs> at SummerSlam 2014 and just had Ciampa not be able to get any offense. Oh, in. I see what you're saying. The Cena thing. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. But I, I think that 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 what, what Ciampa showed you is that he gave his best shot to Killer Cross and it wasn't enough. And, I'm, and Ciampa's best shot is enough to take out anybody else. And if if they want to go down a very interesting path, because we, we talked about this on our when we did our predictions last Wednesday – to me, this is a feud that you could get a you could get a trios of of takeover matches. You could get a feud that could lead into you know two three matches, a rubber match down the line, right? Be- between these two guys, where Champa comes in, fights this guy for the first time, and he's like he's completely overwhelmed. If this is okay to me, if Champa learns from this. And then the next time they fight, he's ready for him. And when yeah. I mean ready, not necessarily having kendo sticks lying around. He just, he knows how to, he just prepared himself better, knows a little more what to expect, and is ready to take him a little more to task, which will make it more dramatic if he does eventually get to a point in a match where he's this close to beating Cross. So I think there's there's still good story to pull out of this if you want to go long-term with it. I feel that there's more to tell out of Champa Cross here than just, well, what do you do with Tommaso Champa and blip, you know? I think there's more 
there's more to this and it'd be it could really be good. Yeah. Uh D now says, does Cross jump into the Keith Lee title picture? Well, I just gave you my thoughts here. Alex, what do you think? I I think if they're if they're gonna do Cross right, he's the kind of guy who, much like the fiend should have been, doesn't need a title. What the sure. hell does Cross want a title for? He should just be there to to intimidate, frighten, and murder people. And and he, and again, I say he should be indiscriminate about who he does it to. He should be heels and faces and everybody. I think that it would be really interesting if he picked somebody randomly, just decide, I'm going to kill you. Like, that should be his, his whole thing. And I think it was kind of cool that he chose the big guy, basically the big guy, the, the big man on campus in NXT who was Tommaso Ciampa, take out first mm-hmm. because if he can take out Tommaso Ciampa with this kind of ease what's it going to be when it comes for the next guy you know I mean there are plenty of people out there that, that could could use a feud where they where they stand up to Killer Cross and it doesn't go too well Tainola left, left us a super chat as well uh, asking how do you guys feel about Killer Cross winning his first pay-per-view match and Archer losing his first pay-per-view match referencing Lance Archer over on uh, on AEW. Um, off the top of my head like this, I think it's two very different circumstances uh, because I really do believe that uh, Cody Rhodes winning the TNT title was the best decision because it instantly prestiges the title. Mm-hmm. You give it to a top guy, a tippy-tippy top guy, your title feels important, looks important. The way they're handling it with Cody uh, being like, I'm going to defend this every week is fantastic. I think it was the right decision for an initial title to go through. I don't think Archer is hurt in any way, shape, or form. I think they still have some good plans for him. He still looks like a monster, but I really think it benefited the title. Here tonight, uh, you had to create the monster, essentially. Archer Mm -hmm. had been created, and it was Cody's to slay. Uh, at this point here, our, uh, you had to create Carrion K- Cross. I don't know if you have any extra thoughts on this, Alex. No, no, you're you're right. I, I have I have my own theories about where they're going with with Cody as champ, but I'll maybe I'll divulge them next Wednesday. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly had thought they were going to build the monster entirely with Lance Archer, um, but they didn't. So it, it remains to be seen what they're going to do with Lance Archer now. He can't just beat up dudes in lucha masks on construction sites forever. <laughs> Uh, however, that could that could be a lot of fun. You know, he gets a foreman job. You know, I'll I'll, I'll give it three more weeks, if he, <laughs> if he, and then he's got to move on to something else. <laughs> Io Shirai defeated Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley to become the new NXT Women's Champion. JJ Lee left us a super chat saying, "Take over, uh, take over in your house delivered." Uh, like always, four out of five. Crazy, the women the women haven't main evented since Respect. Take over Respect. They main uh, evented and they main event NXT TV so much it's easy to forget. Yeah, actually, this was the first main event, uh, the first uh, takeover the women main evented since um, since co main eventing um, Brooklyn, I think, and uh, and main eventing Respect. So it's been a while, indeed. Um, Anakin JMT left us another super chat as well. Says, I like how ever since Survivor Series 2018, they've made the kendo stick Charlotte's signature weapon. Yeah, she kind of 
slides a couple under the rings and so on and so forth. Anyway, into the match. Charlotte dominates early on both of the women. Uh, she uh, tosses Rhea and Io into the barricades. Um, she's she's being Charlotte. She's being tall, dominant Charlotte. Rhea strikes Charlotte down with some great knee strikes back in the ring and a basement drop kick. Um, Io does a smooth roll-up of Charlotte into a stomp as well, but Charlotte regains control. Shirai counters out of the riptide just by shifting her body weight, Alex. Just by shifting her body weight, she gets into a crossbody to get out of the riptide and gets a flying arm bar on uh, on Charlotte. But I got to tell you, there's a whole part of this, uh, of this uh, entire fight, Alex, where I was like, man... Rhea Ripley and Charlotte brawling at each other. It, they were great at WrestleMania this year. And again tonight, the moments that they had where they were just laying into each other and brawling it was fantastic. They really have good chemistry together. It's crazy. Yeah, this was um, this was my match of the night by far. Um, these women all brought it tremendously. Um, I, I was a, a, a big... Uh, like. I, I this was the match that that gave me the goose, that gave me the goosebumps. This was the first match I was watching that I was like, this feels like what a takeover feels like, and I was like, damn, these women absolutely brought it. Every every one of them gave everything they needed to do. Um, I I I was watching it riveted, because honestly, I, I you could have told me at any point throughout the match who's winning, and I would have I would have guessed somebody else. Because it, like they were all in great positions of power, really cool spots, really great reversals, really great ways of getting one person out of the ring so the two of them can go at it, and the third person comes back at the perfect time to break up a pinfall or whatever. It was all really, really well put together. Kudos to these women and whoever produced the match. Io uh, Plancha's uh, Ripley in an absolute fantastic suicidal way. Uh, Charlotte then launches Io through the window of the set. While while Rhea, well, she <laughs> over did. the little overhang, kind of like you know, it's through the window, Alex. I was I was disappointed that there wasn't any glass. I was disappointed there wasn't any breakaway <laughs> glass as well. I, I, when I was like, I, I she wanted gonna... to see a full on Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon moment, but there was nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Rhea uses a potted plant on mm-hmm. uh, on Charlotte. Legitimate plant. There was dirt. <laughs> I was a little surprised, but it turns out it's Io Shirai who flies off the house, Alex. Yes. A big, big crossbody. That was cool as hell. Yeah. What was also cool was the avalanche riptide, but Io broke it up. Um, uh, Rhea gets the standing cro- cloverleaf broken up by Charlotte with the kendo stick. And boy, did Charlotte. She, I think since Charlotte ate those Becky Lynch kendo stick shots, she's like, man, I am laying into everyone from this point forward. <laughs> Because boy, oh boy, she wasn't holding back. Finish comes when Charlotte has Rhea in the figure eight. And Io breaks it up with a moonsault onto Rhea. And gets the pin, but... Ooh, those knees just landed right, right on Rhea Ripley's noggin. I hope she's okay. But don't take it away, Io Shirai. Got the full stardom... uh, Got the full... Stardom Wrestling uh, Championship win with the streamers, the confetti. What do you think about the match, Alex? Uh, it, was, it was great. First of all, congratulations, Io Shirai. Um, uh, I, I came to the party maybe a little late. 
Um, I did not know anything of her until she was on an episode of Lucha Underground where she, and I believe it, it was Mayu Iwatani and the, the future Kyrie Sane, mm-hmm. the three of them in a gauntlet match versus Pentagon, heavily, ante- heavily edited apparently, good Pentagon in, in Lucha <laughs> Underground where, where each woman, uh, Mayu and then, and then Kyrie had great matches versus them, but couldn't put them away. And then Io Shirai versus at that point, what appeared to be in his edited state, the greatest wrestler in the world, Pentagon. She, she beat him. And I was like, who the hell is this woman? She's amazing. I can't wait to see more of her. I got to go find stuff. I watched a bunch of real YouTube stuff. She's been amazing ever since I, I, I was without, we were so lucky. That, that she was coming to America to perform an NXT where it was at the time and still can be, but at the time was to me, the home of the best wrestling on the planet. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of stopped and started with her yeah. over and over again. I did not expect that for her. She's, I mean, you could, you absolutely have an argument. If you say she is the best women's wrestler on the planet, mm-hmm. you absolutely have an argument. There are only, I would say a handful that you have a real argument that you're not going to get me go. Well, Hold on one sec. I, I would not do that at all with EO. She's amazing. And this match proved it. And so awesome that she is finally champ and that she gets to be champ while being cheered and also um, uh, not giving up her edge that she got when she turned heel. Like that entrance and everything, she's still so dark. That promo where she was underwater on Wednesday, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like she still gets to be edgy EO but also beloved. And that's a cool thing that she gets to do both. Um, yeah, RIP Rhea Ripley's face. Oh, I hope she's okay. Lord, that, that, that moonsault caught all of it. Yeah. Um, and now I, I, I know where Charlotte goes, hopefully. The hell back to Raw or SmackDown. Get out. I don't need to see you. I could see you twice a week. You could use up all of your... You can borrow everybody else's brand invitations. You can go out there and do it all over you want. Just leave NXT to to these women. Um, but Rhea, losing again, I'm not sure what that does for her character, but so awesome for EO. The crowd was so into this match. This was the first time all night when I was watching, where they were like, this feels like a full sale crowd. Mm-hmm. These people were into it. They were watching a great match and they knew it. Earlier in the night, when Killer, uh, Killer, Karrion Cross made his entrance and they like, t- like gave the, uh, the audience a script, like when he's done doing his entrance, say, fall and pray, fall and pray, fall. Like, no, 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 you don't get to tell him, tell everybody that's his chant. Do his chant now. No, 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 the, that doesn't work. That didn't feel organic at all. Sure. This tonight in the main event, that felt like it was wrestling fans watching wrestling and it was like it was so it elevated all of it around there to so much i loved it loved this match dgmc left us a super chat uh and it also refers to a super chat we got earlier on in the evening as well regarding ripley ripley uh rhea ripley getting pinned again uh and dgmc asks does rhea turn now and he also says good show on friday thank you very much but yeah what uh i personally d- did not dig NXT champion Rhea Ripley, where she suddenly became all smiles and cozy and is like, I'm living my dream. I liked Rhea Ripley when she was 
beating the tar out of Tony Storm over at NXT UK because she was petite and blonde. I liked her when she stood nose to nose with Shayna Baszler because I'm like, yeah, this is a woman who can whoop her. Uh, what do you do with Rhea at this point, Alex? Rhea Ripley, Survivor Series weekend, is the most overpowered female wrestler I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, she was everything. Like, uh, War Games followed by that Survivor Series match where she, where she basically won that thing single-handedly. Like, it's amazing to me that they took that. Like, the most, like, at that young age, all of that momentum... And they made her champion, beat Shayna Baszler, who was unbeatable, basically, at that point. She was the final boss. Yeah. And then they have her go over Bianca Belair in in, in, in February, and they have her challenge Charlotte. And then they put Charlotte over Rhea, and everything since then has felt out of place. Because that was such a mind-bogglingly bad decision. Because I don't think, I think that you and I both recognize the, the, oh, gee, shucks, I can't wait to live my dream in, in this big stadium uh, versus Charlotte Flair because they were trying to position her as a pure babyface to make sure we cheered for her versus Charlotte just so they could have Charlotte beat her? That doesn't make any sense. To Like, having her, like, like soften her character so much that, that they, they beat all the edge out of her. Not edge the wrestler, but edge the edge. <laughs> and, like, it didn't, did, didn't make any sense to me to do it that way. And ever since then, she's felt like, whiny or just like you can do edgy Rhea Ripley world beater nobody F with her baby face which is what she was on Survivor Series weekend but that takes some serious organic building yeah to get it to get it to that point or you could fake it turn her heel and see if it see if that magic can can rewrite itself but it's kind of crazy to me that that this face turn, which was working so beautifully two months in, has fallen apart entirely, and now you have no choice but to turn her heel. I think basically she's the female Seth Rollins at this point. Like we don't like like well, no, this this whole babyface thing is just not working out anymore. We're we're gonna start booing you if you if you don't do something about it. Well, like I don't want that to happen to Rhea. She's great. Like get her to whatever you gotta do, fix it, fix it. We're gonna have to keep our eyes out for for the for the tells like the single black glove and stuff like that. And it can uh, lift a super chat. Thank you very much. Uh, saying that Sean tweeted out that Rhea was okay as she went back through the curtain. That's good news. Yes. Hopefully it stays that way. A to Z O Smith said uh, left a super chat as well. Didn't understand why Rhea had to take the fall, but glad the title is back on real NXT talent and felt really happy for Io Shirai. Yeah, for sure, it's a crowning moment for for Io. Uh, she she was brought in with a lot of fanfare. I'm glad I'm glad they're going down this route. It'll definitely change the 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 makeup of the women's division. We also got a super chat from Colt Bodu, who says asks what's next for Charlotte team with Chelsea Green for the tag team titles. Certainly sure. a possibility. Certainly a possibility. Um... I mean, yeah, her back on Raw, it kind of it kind of looks to me like they're um, they're doing a lot of placeholding stuff for Oscar. I don't think Nia Jax is beating Oscar for this title. Um, who knows what they're going with, without Becky? Everything's kind of falling into place in weird ways. I would not be surprised to them to have Charlotte and and Chelsea Green team up, especially if it's if it becomes like a thing where like 
Bailey and Sasha are only tag team champions so they can turn on each other and lose the titles. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the case and you want to wind up having um, uh, Charlotte and Chelsea be the be the tag team uh, champions for a while, I'm fine with that. Although, something that I, I really think would be amazing, because if somebody was saying that the, the women who look like if WWE was ever going to do intergender, the women who look like they, they could handle it, like like even people would be like, well, I don't think it's even realistic. No, Charlotte and Rhea look like they could handle themselves in the ring with a bunch of these men they have in NXT. So if Rhea and Charlotte could ever bury the hatchet and, and be, become friends, I would love to see them win the tag titles and then beat every woman team that they could find until a men's tag team starts running their mouth. And then beat a men's tag team. They could be small. They could be like mostly a comedy thing, but beat them handily. I think it'd be kind of a fun thing to do to like have them be the first women to do that on an, on an actual WWE level because Charlotte and, and Rhea, when they were laying in those strikes on the outside tonight, those were brutal. Like those two women love punching each other. Like it's a really cool thing to watch them just go at it. I love it. BMEGS19 left us a super chat, says, I haven't slept for 10 days because that's too long. Well, you know what? It's time for bed because we're going to wrap this one up for tonight. Yep. Um, the, uh, overall, yeah, it, it was a good show. Not one of these that you're going to remember forever, aside maybe from that final visual of Io Shirai covered in streamers. That was cool. want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Tomorrow night, pop back over here. Sean will be back. Uh, well, actually, he's going to be drop, dropping into the uh, to the post uh, takeover scrum in a few minutes. Whenever that decides to start, so be sure to check that out. Otherwise, raw re- the raw review happens tomorrow night. He'll be back here with Denise, Alex, and I'll be back on Wednesday, and I'll be back on Friday as well for the post SmackDown stuff. So there's always some great stuff over at Fightful and Fightful Select as well. Subscribe because you get this man, you get Alex Pulowski when you go there. Alex, uh, let the people know where they can find you. Um. I uh, refrain from watching Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown on those two nights. And then I watch them in smaller increments throughout the day on the following day so I can stomach it. And then that night, so Tuesday nights and Saturday nights, I review Raw and SmackDown. And because the shows are terrible, I don't want them to be. Because the shows are terrible, I yell about it for about an hour and 15 minutes. So come watch. It's a lot of fun. You'd be surprised at how much you get your money's worth with that. Anakin left us the probably the last super chat of the night says Charlotte did recently say she wanted to do she wanted to at some point go for a men's title. She did say that this week. Mm-hmm. Alex, maybe maybe uh, maybe it's all going to come full circle for you. Who knows? Who knows? Want to thank everyone once again for joining us. Follow Fightful on uh, and you can follow me on, uh, on on Twitter as well. Mr. Warren Hayes, but follow Fightful on Twitter, social media. Subscribe to the YouTube, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.